0: no Soviet red bear for the West to hate, just an unseen enemy that operated in the shadows. America's new enemy was the religious warrior Osama bin Laden and his Al-Qaeda network, a man whose myth and legend had been born of fighting in the mountains of Afghanistan. The local Pashtuns, the indigenous tribe of southern Afghanistan and the largest ethnic group in the country, are a proud race. They are proud of their families and their country. They have a long and honourable tradition, and are mentioned in ancient Aryan texts as the Pactua. The British called them Pathans, while they have often simply called themselves Afghans. They claim to be descended from Case, a companion of the Islamic prophet Muhammad, and their evolved culture is naturally warm and welcoming to strangers. Those who completed the hippie trail in the sixties will vouch for that. They have always prided themselves on giving the best available food to visitors. But in the first decade of the twenty-first century there is little chance of that. Now the new strangers in this province are battle-hardened front-line soldiers on both sides, and the extreme politics and violence that have consumed this area mean only those engaged in killing or saving lives get involved. The young officer had read up on the proud Pashtun warriors, His father had always taught him to try to understand people of different race and origin and never to make snap judgments. He had listened, but not always agreed. Others, he trusted, had at least advised him to know his enemy. His commanding officers had given him and his brother officers more specific instructions, as is the army's won't. But since he had arrived in Helmand, a place that resembled a Mad Max film, he had drawn his own conclusions he was clear on how to deal with the locals. The advice from experienced soldiers on the ground was indelibly imprinted on his mind. They had told him to respect Terry Taliban, and he did. First and foremost a British soldier, he knew how to follow orders and to respect his instincts. Front-line Afghanistan, the young officer knew, was no place for sentiment. There is no time to dwell on the beauty of the words of Kushul Khan Katak, the Pashtun warrior-poet revered by the locals, much as Wilfred Owen, a soldier-poet and victim of World War I, is in the West. This was real war, and the young officer knew it was a deadly business. Facing him was no ragtag army, but an increasingly sophisticated Taliban force, using al-Qaeda-inspired tactics that had been honed in the seemingly endless conflict in Iraq as the officer studied the terrain that lay ahead of him with a mixture of elation and trepidation. He knew only too well that he was going to have to draw on every scrap of expertise gained through the long hours of training at Sandhurst Military Academy, and on exercises with his regiment, the Blues and Royals, back home. This, he knew, was no training exercise. He took steady, calming breaths, reassured by the knowledge that while his enemy was good, his side was better. "'better trained, better equipped, better soldiers. "'But were they truly better soldiers? "'Did they know the inhospitable land as well as their enemy? "'That nagging doubt kept him alive to the real danger "'that faced him and his brothers in arms. "'Then, slowly but surely, Second Lieutenant Harry Wales "'carefully placed both hands on the powerful .50 caliber machine-gun "'in front of him.' He paused for a heartbeat, then gently squeezed the trigger to send a stream of bullets hurtling towards the Taliban's defensive positions. This was the soldier prince, at last free to do what he had wanted and play his role in the fight against terror. Like his royal ancestors at battles ranging from Agincourt to the Falklands, Prince Harry was willing to put his life on the line for Queen and country and to achieve his dreams. The location for the firefight was in the southernmost British position in Helmand. He was among a unit of battle-hardened Gurkhas repelling a ferocious attack by the insurgents. The soldier Prince was carefully balanced on sandbags and made sure an open box of ammunition was close at hand as he took aim at the distant targets in front of him. Apart from the crash of weapons being fired, he had only distant puffs of smoke as the bullets hit the ground to guide his aim. As a fully trained battlefield air controller, Prince Harry was assigned a forward position on jTAC joint tactical air coordination hill because it was so close to the Taliban trenches, the hill was